And what the model does, medical AI, Marianne, is it does five things. Hi, I'm Marianne Bohr with HIMSS. Today I'm joined by Dr. Severance McLaughlin, CEO and founder of DeLorean Artificial Intelligence. And today our topic is changing the course of patient health with AI. And before we start, I want to say thank you to DeLorean Artificial Intelligence for sponsoring this podcast. DeLorean AI specializes in AI technology, empowering healthcare with data-driven insights and efficient decision support tools. Our mission is to create transformative solutions that elevate patient outcomes, streamline healthcare operations, and enhance the quality of care across various medical domains. We're first in the world to be biologically validated and to be applied at scale. Dr. McLaughlin, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Marianne. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Wonderful. Now, tell me, what made you decide to create an AI solution that was focused on patient health? Very good question. And sometimes I, I think I'm crazy for, for why I did it, right? The company was founded about five years ago, Marianne. And previous to that, I was the chief of AI for a, a French multinational. And before that, I was the global head of AI for Cognizant Technology Solutions. And what we were doing there was providing machine learning or one-off um, solutions to companies, but it was usually bureaucratic or for claims or enrollment, but it wasn't for patient health. And I tried to convince leadership that we needed to do something more specific for patient health and didn't have that opportunity. So I decided to leave corporate America and sell my house and, and my retirement and then and take three years to actually develop um, what we call our flagship medical AI uh, in order to address patient health. And um, and it specifically, how are we going to improve the health of individuals through the prediction of these onsets of these chronic diseases? I see well, you kind of uh, dovetailed into my next question because I was going to ask you, your healthcare solution is medical AI. Now, what exactly is it capable of? Good question. Our medical AI uh, product, we're currently deployed in a number of disease states. So kidney, so that's both chronic uh, kidney disease as well as ESRD or dialysis, diabetes, prediabetes, the full suite of cardiovascular disease, um, COPD, and then mental health. And what the model does, medical AI, Marianne, is it does five things. So the first thing it does is as soon as you turn it on, it gives a real-time risk profile or stratification to all of your members or patients. Now, you may say, well, Sev, you know, risk stratification is not novel. And it isn't. But the real-time aspect of it is. So if you have a new patient or you're uh, an insurance company, you buy a new contract or new enrollment, or you've taken on a new patient as a provider, we can use those new patients and actually give them that real-time risk. The second thing it does milliseconds later is it then predicts, will that person get better or worse with a probability? What is the probability of a heart attack in the next two weeks? Um, will that person go to the hospital in the next two weeks? So we give you a probability of those adverse events or will they get better? But once you have that, Marianne, what do you do with that information? So that's what we hear from our clients. And that's what makes us unique is the third thing is next best actions. So the machine then gives us what the next best action needed to get that person healthier, either for the patient to do or the care team or for the physician. And that's hyper-personalized. The fourth thing is the model then predicts disease transition. So maybe diabetes into chronic kidney disease 
or chronic kidney disease stage two to three, three to four? And then what's the next best action to retard the progress of that disease? Similar to what we discussed earlier. And then finally, what the insurance companies and, and providers at risk really like is identifying unknown patients in their population who have a disease state. So 30 to 40% of CKD patients don't know they have it until stage three, three A, three B, when they have to go to a nephrologist. We can identify them five years earlier and get them on treatment modality, which could extend their lives five to 20 years. Wow. Now, what does it mean to be the first biologically validated AI? Yes, we're, we're extremely, Marian, we're extremely uh, proud of that. We have been biologically validated AI, or the first one to be bi biologically validated by three independent organizations, a Fortune 5 payer, a laboratory, blood testing laboratory, and a dialysis company. And what that means is, is that our, our machine's predictions and forecasts have been proven to be accurate through lab tests, medical follow-up, EMR follow-up, um, hospitalization follow-up, as well as infection follow-up. So when our machine says someone's going to go to the hospital, they go to the hospital. And if they're going to develop a disease, they do with that probability. Now, our models are accurate, and you can measure that in two ways, area under the curve and back testing. So our models are anywhere between 85 and 87% accurate. Identifying heart attacks is about 88% accurate. But also biologically, with this validation, we are 95 to 99% confident level. I see. Now, where do you see medical AI being leveraged for the greatest benefit? There's two parts of that question. So there's DeLorean AI is medical AI, right? And where I see that is, is depending on who our client is. So there's the insurance company, and in their Medicare and Medicaid lines of business, they want to leverage this the most to manage their medical loss ratio. So making sure that the patients get the best care possible at the first visit. So reducing those costs and getting those individuals better, a better way to better care, if you will. Now, on the commercial line of business, what they care about not only is the medical loss ratio and getting people better, but also giving their self-insured clients um, an idea of their risk in real time versus once a year. So their ASO clients but also identifying those high cost or catastrophic clients and be able to predict that dollar figure that they need for the next year. So it supercharges um, the, the analytics that they're currently doing. Now, when you look at a provider who has Medicare and Medicaid patients, it allows them to take risk and allows them to be much more functional in getting those people better, but also being profitable. And then what we're moving into recently is skilled nursing facilities. So skilled nursing facilities, you know, are a fee for service, but they're going to be going to a value-based care model. And I believe they'll be at a risk model sooner because it's cheaper for them to treat a patient in the nursing home versus having a readmittance to a hospital. And that makes Medicare happy. That makes our insurance companies happy. Absolutely. Now, what have you found to be the biggest barriers for a company to adopt and to implement AI solutions? I've lived this right through Cognizant and Capgemini. I mentioned earlier, where as a leadership. So when I invented this or we developed it, we tried to remove as many barriers to adoption as possible. So the first one is security or PHI, right? The first question usually it, it, IT asks, well, you know, we're not going to transport a, uh, any data to you. And you're absolutely right. And what we did is we developed the, the model to sit behind the firewall of our clients. So the data never leaves. So I think that is one of the biggest 
barriers. And we've also developed security measures to even enhance that even further. Um, the second one is, is this going to be a hard lift, right? How many, how many of, of our clients or members of HIMS have to go through these big IT projects? It's not a rip and replace. We can be operational at a large Blue Cross Blue Shield or a United within seven days. So uh, you're fully operational there. And then the next one is how do you drive results? So, you know, is teaching and adoption, you know, AI could be scary. And, and when we first started, we didn't know what the reaction would be. We've got great response from physicians and from licensed professionals. They've been really looking forward to a technology like this that aids them, right? This isn't replacing the doctor or the nurse. It's actually enhancing their capability of being a better uh, provider. I see. Now, how did you overcome some of the barriers that have challenged other technologies when it comes to implementation and to scaling? A lot of the times, Marianne, there wasn't a solution. We had to go build it. So what we built, we wanted to build that was highly replicable across the, the industry. And once we did, we only wanted to do that once. We didn't want to have to redo this every time. So in terms of the security, we built those, those functions that are now being patented so that we ensure the secure delivery of our model into their environment. You know, we work with their IT and their security to ensure that everything is protected. Uh, a third thing is, you know, the next best actions, people say, well, case our doctors don't agree with it. Absolutely, right? We work with your, our chief medical officer works with your chief medical officer to make sure that within a regulated environment, those next best actions are appropriate and that they do improve people's lives. But I think the biggest thing that we did is after we go live with a client, we have a monthly that report that says, one, what's your data quality? So you can look at people that are not charting properly. Number two, were we as accurate as we said we were? Are we 85% accurate? Hold us accountable and we're proud to do that. And number three is, you know, those people that took actions and took the next best actions, did those people get better? Did they not go to the hospital? How much did we extend their lives? So there is an actual report that comes after that, then people can see the ROI on that investment. Fascinating. Now, Dr. McLaughlin, what do you think is on the horizon for medical AI in terms of capability growth? Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's two things there. So one is we will expand the disease states as our client wants. So as we talked earlier, we were in kidney, heart, diabetes, COPD, and mental health. Uh, our clients are asking us to go into high-risk pregnancy, so to ensure those babies survive, and NICU. Uh, also, muscle skeletal, which is a big challenge, and then working through asthma. So those are the big three areas, um, but also applying this to pharmaceuticals. So getting the right people on the right trials, and before going to market, knowing who your client base is in terms of of the patients. The other thing is using different types of data. We partner with NVIDIA um, to use unstructured data. So you've heard a lot about ChatGPT. We've just released our MedGPT product. So you can ask it anything like, what's the cost of my cancer patients next year? What's the best treatment for diabetes for this specific profile? And our machine returns that. So that'll be big. But I think the most impressive, you've seen a lot of computer vision, Marianne, in radiology and CT scans. But one area of science that people don't talk about is what they call audio sound recognition. So sound. So imagine during COVID when you were listening to lungs or to respiratory and being able to utilize that data into these models. So we're investing heavily in audio sound recognition. 
Wow, that's a, that's really fascinating stuff, Dr. McLaughlin. But thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for sharing your insights with us. Well, Marianne, thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing everybody in San Diego. And of course, special thanks to DeLorean Artificial Intelligence for sponsoring this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your day.